This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to the Life Study Program on Free FM 89.0. I'm Stuart Finlay. Life Study of the Bible is produced by Living Stream Ministry, Anaheim, California, and brought to you by the Church in Hamilton. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Scriptures. We hope that through these studies you will get a deeper appreciation of our dear Lord Jesus. This week, Gary Kaiser and Matt Miller join Witness Lee for our program in the Life Study of the Gospel of John. The title is Life Processed for Multiplication. The verses are John chapter 19, verses 31 to 37. If you'd like to contact us, you can use our email address, which is lifestudyprogram at gmail.com. Or you can ring Hamilton 853-2620. Now here's Matt, Gary, and Witness Lee. Today in the life study of the Gospel of John, we come to printed message 43, which is titled, Life Processed for Multiplication. This is the second message on life processed for multiplication. We've come to a very crucial matter of the issue of the Lord's death. Witness Lee did a 21-year book-by-book study of the Bible that he called a life study. And today we're going to see a very important aspect of the life study, which is the crucial aspect of the issue of the Lord's death in John chapter 19, verses 31 through 37. And with me for this crucial program is Gary Kaiser. Gary, welcome to the program today. Thank you very much. It'd be good to be here. Gary, I wonder if you could set the scene a little bit in the Gospel of John in this crucial matter of the issue of the Lord's death in John's Gospel. Yeah, maybe uh, Matt, we could begin with reading the verses that uh, you mentioned. That'd be very good. Chapter nineteen, thirty-one to thirty-seven, the Gospel of John. Then the Jews, since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath day was a great Sabbath, requested of Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other man who had been crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he had already died, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately there came out blood and water. And he who has seen this has testified, and his testimony is true. And he knows that he says what is true, that you also may believe." For these things happened that the scripture might be fulfilled. No bone of his shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. So this portion of the gospel of John really sets out the principle, again, of life out of death. 
Gospel of John, we've seen again and again is basic to this principle. Life is produced out of death. Amen. So here, there's the same principle. Christ's death is for the purpose of bringing forth life. We know that the death of Christ is for the redemption. But there's something much more, much deeper here, and even higher. The release of the life in Christ and imparted into us. So this is the critical factor that we're looking at in this life study. This life, which is produced out of his death, now becomes the essence of God being dispensed into us. Thanks, Gary. Let's go to Witness Lee for our first section with today's life study, Witness Lee's original speaking in 1975. Now we come to the very, very crucial point of the issue of the Lord's death. While the Lord was still on the cross, yet he died already. But according to the human understanding, it might be that the Lord Jesus still was not dead. So they asked permission to uh, break the legs of all the three criminals before that Sabbath day. You know, when they came to the two thieves, they were not dead. So they broke their legs. But when they came to the Lord Jesus, he died already. Here is a strong indication that in a sense, the Lord Jesus was not put to death by human hand, but he died himself. Could you see this? Yes, he was crucified, but he died himself. This is the fulfillment of his word in chapter 10. He laid his life by himself. Apparently, he was killed. Actually, in John, he died by himself. He laid down his sookie life. He died. Don't misunderstand me. In a good sense, he was not killed. He died by himself. The two other criminals were killed, but not Jesus. Jesus laid down his sookie life for all redemption by himself. So when the soldiers came to him, he was dying already. And there was no need to break his legs. And this sovereignly fulfilled the prophecy that says none of his bones is broken. Gary, the legs not being broken here indicates that he was already dead, fulfilling his word in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. I'll read those verses real quick. I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down of myself. So the Lord, his life wasn't taken from him. He laid it down. And this is a fulfillment of that because when they came to break his legs, he had already died. So his legs did not need to be broken. Can you develop this meaning a little bit more of the legs not being broken? So this is a very significant matter. And the Spirit had the desire to really emphasize that by pointing out that his not having his legs broken was a, an answer or a fulfillment of the Scripture. 
that said concerning the Passover lamb, for example, don't break the legs. And then in the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 34, again, it's repeated now in terms of the one who is the reality of the Passover lamb, not a bone will be broken. So the indication is that this is a significant factor. And if we look at the fact that the book of John is a book of signs, we can realize that this matter of the bone not being broken is not simply a an observance of something that happened on that day when he was crucified. Rather, it is a significant indication of what he is, what he is accomplishing. And the fact here is that that unbroken bone is very much related to the first mention of bone in the book of Genesis. And there you'll remember that the bone was taken from Adam. His side was opened up. The bone was taken out. His side was closed up. And God constructed or built a woman from that bone, indicating that that bone is fully related to life. The life is the life that is unbreakable. If we look at, for example, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 16, we'll see that it's the power of an indestructible life. The life of the Lord is unbroken and cannot be broken. Well, of course, that has to be his divine life, because in his human life, in his soul life, he was crucified and put to death. In this case, he died. He gave himself and laid down his life to complete God's purpose, God's economy. So here we see the bone that was taken from the side of Adam produced his counterpart, Eve. Then if we follow that same principle, the bride of Christ is the church. So here, the bone that is the unbreakable life of Christ is ministered to the church. That is, it is the basis of the building of the church, the unbreakable life of Christ poured out to the church for his purpose to be fully realized. It's a marvelous view, but we have to realize again and again, this is revelation. That's why John here was so emphatic. This is the testimony of the one who saw it, and he knows his testimony is true. He really wanted to unveil the purpose of God in this portion. The bone was not broken. Christ gave himself. Christ poured out his life. And that life was for the church to be built up. A lot of meaning in that little phrase in verse 36, no bone of his shall be broken. Right. The prophecy was fulfilled like you referred to from Psalms. Thanks, Gary. Let's go on to our next portion with Witness Lee. The soldiers pierced his sight. Praise the Lord. This was also something sovereign to fulfill the prophecy that in Zechariah, it does say that Messiah will be pierced at the sight. 
by this piercing, the side of Jesus was open, and two substances flew out of that opening, the blood and the water. We all have to be clear that the Lord's death has two aspects. One is the redemptive aspect, the other is the life-imparting aspect. The blood was for redemption, and this is the redemptive aspect of the Lord's death. And this aspect was typified with blood by the Passover lamb's blood. And this redeeming blood in the Bible formed a fountain for the washing of sin. Zechariah 13.1. Hallelujah for such a fountain. Amen. Not a fountain for drink, but a fountain for washing. The blood formed a fountain for washing of sin, and this blood is for the purchase of the church, is the price of buying the church in Acts 20. The first thing is blood, and the second thing is water. Water for imparting life. The life-imparting aspect of his death, typified by the water throwing out of this mitten rock, and this forming the fountain of life. The blood form a fountain for washing, but the water form a fountain for drink. The blood was for the purchase of the church, but the water signifying the eternal life is for the producing of the church, typified by Eve, produced with Adam's released rape. On the negative side, this death removed our sins. But on the passive side, this death uh, imparting the divine life into the believers of his death. So today, when we believe in him, our sins are removed by his redemptive death. And we have the eternal life imparted into us by his life-imparting death. What an enlightening portion here, Gary, this matter of a life-imparting aspect of the Lord's death. Right. I wonder if you could say more about this piercing of the Lord's side and how it practically applies to us today. Well, first of all, we recognize that the reason for the piercing of the side was to assure that Christ had died. Mm -hmm. The soldier wanted to make sure he had died. And when the side is pierced, we would obviously expect that there would be blood. But here the apostle says blood and water. Mm -hmm. The word here is immediately there came out blood and water. Amen. And then it's in this place that John confirms very strongly his word. He says, he who has seen this has testified, and his testimony is true. And he knows that he says what is true, that you also may believe. Then he refers to the fulfillment of the scriptures. So the spirit that led John 
to write these things wanted to assure that the attention would be given to this very significant fact. Blood came out, but also water. The blood we recognize as the blood of the Passover lamb. It's the blood that was on the doorposts in terms of the significance of that blood on the doorpost and on the lintel was the blood of the Passover lamb signifying the blood of Christ. And by that blood, those people were able to go into the house and remain in the house secure from the death that was passing over the land of Egypt at that time. Amen. So this blood formed an opened fountain, according to Zechariah 13.1, a fountain for washing from sin and iniquity. There's a hymn that was written by Phoebe Palmer that exults in this fact. I appreciate this very much. Oh, now I see the cleansing wave, the fountain deep and wide. Jesus, my Lord, mighty to save, points to his wounded side. She recognized that that fountain of blood came from the side of the Lord Jesus. To me, that's a very inspiring view. He points to his wounded side. Amen. Then we recognize now, according to John's epistle, that the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from every sin. It's a marvelous thing. We are cleansed by the shed blood of the Lamb. But here, the second aspect is one that most Christians pay little attention to. That is the water. What is the significance of the water? Well, basically, we're reminded here of the rock that was smitten by Moses in Exodus 17, that Moses was told, because the people were without water, Moses was told, go, take your rod, and strike the rock. And when he struck the rock, water came out to drink. That water signifies life, the eternal life, that life that flowed out of him. And we see this from John's reference, for example, in John 4 and John 7 of his gospel, where he talks about the water flowing, the rivers of living water, the water that will be in us a well of water springing up eternally. There is this flowing water that comes out of Christ, and here it's signified by the water that came out of his wounded side. So we recognize now, for example, in 1 Corinthians 10.4, the apostle said, all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of a spiritual rock which followed them, and that rock was Christ. The water that flowed out of Christ wounded side signifies the living water, and that is the life of Christ released by his death so that out of him flows a living stream into his believers, bringing the divine life into his believers for the building of the church. Thanks, Gary. That's a lot of light coming out of one verse about the spear piercing the Lord's side. Gary, let me make a plug for the New Testament recovery version, which was Witness Lee's Study Bible. I hope that all of our listeners could get a copy of that if they don't have one already. But in that study Bible that Witness Lee did on verse 34 of chapter 19 in John, 
There's a long footnote developing this very point in the light that comes out of this one fact that when they pierced his side with a spear, immediately there came out blood and water. Amen. Let's go back and join Witness Lee for our final portion of the life study today. Let me check with you. Do you consider that the redemptive aspect is more important than the life imparting aspect? Tell me which is more important. Marvel, marvelous, excellent redemption. What can <laughs> exceed redemption? But something here can exceed redemption. That is the life in part. If we only got redeemed without reborn, we'll be still miserable. That is not God's purpose. God's purpose is that redeeming followed by life imparting. And redeeming is for life imparting. Redeeming paves the way. Redeeming prepare the standing for you to receive the divine life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The water followed the blood. Hallelujah for the blood. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah for the water. The Lord's wonderful death not only issues in blood, but also issues in water. The issue of his all-inclusive death is blood and water. Now we know the blood signifies the redemptive aspect of his death, and the water signifies the life-imparting aspect of his death. The blood is for redemption, forming a fountain of washing, and the water uh forms a fountain of living water, that we may drink of him all the time. Praise the Lord. Outwardly, we have been washed. Inwardly, we have been filled up with the divine life. So what? So we are clean as well as living. Isn't this wonderful? Surely wonderful. I agree, Gary, that this is surely wonderful. We have the blood for redemption and the water for regeneration. Amen. Could you speak a little more concerning these two aspects of God's full salvation? Well, Matt, surely redemption is wonderful. Amen. To be redeemed is not merely to be forgiven. It's even more, we're also cleansed from all unrighteousness. What a glory this is, and what a mercy this is. Amen. We are justified before God. Paul says that he became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Just think about it. It's like we are the same as God in terms of righteousness. We are without sin, without the condemnation of sin, and without the stain of sin. We are a cleansed people. Praise the Lord. What could be better than this? But here we see life imparting is really the purpose of God. He took care of our sin through the blood that was released. But his purpose was not simply to make us clean. His purpose was to cleanse us so that we could receive the divine life. This life was poured out. So I'm not merely clean. If I'm just clean, I'm like a 
trophy in a cabinet, clean, pure, but lifeless. Here is the matter of life. The water flowed out. His wonderful life was released. And now it flows out to us and into us, making us not only as righteous and pure as he is, but making us as living as he is. We are the same as he is in life and in nature. We've been born of God. Hebrews 2 tells us that he is not ashamed to call us his brothers because we are being sanctified by him to be as holy as he is. And this is the result. We came out of the same source. God is our father. God is his father. God is also our father. This is through the life that flows out of him into us. So, hallelujah. Amen. This life enlivens us, enlightens us, fills us, and even overflows from us as streams of living water. What else can we say but hallelujah? Amen. We are redeemed and we are sanctified and regenerated. Life is imparted into us. What a wonderful way to end the program, Gary. Thanks for coming in today. It's a joy to be with you, Matt. It's not a small thing that we could be redeemed, but also the purpose of the redemption is that we could receive the Lord's life, the issue of his death. Praise the Lord for this view. On behalf of Gary Kaiser, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you'll come back and join us as we continue through the life study of the Gospel of John. I appreciated this point. We come to the very crucial matter of the issue of the Lord's death. The blood is for redemption, forming a fountain in which we may be cleansed, and the water is for regeneration, forming a fountain of living water from which we may drink at any time. Outwardly we have been washed, and inwardly we have been filled with this divine life. Now we are living as well as clean, and we can all shout hallelujah. We are always happy to hear from you and answer any questions you may have. We have copies of the recovery version of the New Testament with its accompanying footnotes available, and these are free. We'd love to send you a copy. You can call us on Hamilton 853-2620 or email us at lifestudyprogram at gmail.com, all lowercase with no gaps. If you'd rather, you can order a free copy from Bibles for New Zealand at bfnz.org.nz and they also have a phone number 0800 40 40 80. Join me again next week at the same time, 2.30pm, when we will have the next life study in the book of John. We close with the hymn, Lift That Name High. It's from the CD, How All-Inclusive Lord Thou Art.
You're listening to Free FM 89.0, a great station supported by New Zealand On Air. We hope you've enjoyed today's Life Study program and thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.